to me, magic is hope. It's joy. It's pure, pure passion. It's a feeling that we can create a better earth. It's the sparkle behind people's eyes. Magic is that secret ingredient to getting through those tougher days. And it's the thing that makes dreams actually seem possible. Welcome to an absolute passion project of mine, a collection of conversations telling the stories of people making magic real. And welcome to episode 18 of Making Magic Real, featuring a truly magical making being, Jess, the founder of Alchemy of Arts. Have you ever been at an event or festival and there are those people dancing or walking on stilts with the most intensely vivid costumes, either dressed up as dragons or Alice in Wonderland costumes, or maybe they're like giant flowers with fluoro, or have you ever been just stopped in time as you watch this like group of performers open up a space with fire, cheekily twirling and playing as they set the energy for the night with this like really electric, alive feel? Those are the moments that add that extra bit of colour to an experience. I feel like they add that magic to that memory when you think back to that time. And Jess feels her life adding magic to people's memories, whether it be through entrancing us with fire twirling or becoming a trash pixie and roaming festivals encouraging people to pick up rubbish. Or perhaps it's creating spaces for children and adults to have their face painted or make magic wands. Jess is truly dedicated to bringing joy to people's lives through performance, story and all sorts of creative expression. Founding Alchemy of Arts, Jess has now created an agency which connects and collaborates people to bring some truly dreamlike visions to life. With over 10 years now of industry experience in performance art, it's an absolute pleasure to sit down with Jess and listen about a world which I've found so inspiring over the last few years. I really hope you enjoy today's chat and I'd highly recommend heading over to Alchemy of Arts Instagram, which I've tagged in the little show notes, to have a fun little deep dive into just a snippet of some of the costumes, face paint and events Jess has created. It is incredible. But yeah, let's jump in. I can't wait. Welcome, Jess, to episode 18 of Making Magic Real. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're on it and said yes. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on today to chat because you're definitely one of the people who have introduced more magic into my life. I feel like when I like started working for myself full time and our paths just started to connect more with the arts and I think you painted my face at the warehouse party and that's when they really started to weave in Mm, more so yeah you asking me to come and do like a performance gig or like paint people's faces just like introduced me to that you could even get paid to do the funnest things and it yeah and it brings so much joy to people too yeah absolutely Um, yeah so I'm really grateful that you've like been like there's more magic (laughs) that you can have (laughs) It can be a job. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to start off the chat with asking you, what does magic feel like to you? Joyful. Mm. So I feel joy, joyousness, if that's a word. It's just like warming in your heart kind mm. of feeling. And just like the feeling you get like the moment that you burst into laughter. Like that kind of feeling is what magic is for me I feel Mm. yeah yeah I love that yeah before today we just dive into your journey and how this all came to be that just filled up your whole life 
I'd love for you to just share like what you do now like what are your current roles yeah um I do so much stuff so you literally do um, <laughs> when I was writing the questions I was getting so overwhelmed because I was like I don't know how to like minimize the questions because you have so many like sections and groups and things you run that I'm like I don't know how to fit it all in <laughs> like minimize but say them just brush through them so I am a puppy mum <laughs> so, <laughs> like role number one <laughs> first thing is puppy so life um I love this cute little dog that my partner got and I also have a part-time job now work at Lush which is nice and I work for myself so I just a lot of admin to be fair <laughs> over a week maybe I'd plot out um the event an event that I'm hosting and then like I would be like um talking to all the people who are going to be involved in that event and then I will create promotional posts for social media and website stuff for, for that and um and then start promoting it or I would be writing up contracts for people getting them to sign and all that kind of thing, um, getting costumes ready, getting <laughs> things ready for gigs. So my day-to-day -day is that kind of stuff. But then all the different little things that I do, like projects, I'd say. There's Newcastle Fire and Flow, which is a monthly flow jam meetup. That now has a Maitland Fire and Flow that we alternate month to month with. And then there's... Um, alchemy of arts and all of that like creative performing arts agency stuff and then there's um, the trash pixie collective which is organization that is just looking to educate about sustainable lifestyle and i'm also now djing oh my god <laughs> I decided to, so I wait if you properly launch it off now because I know you were like I've yeah. seen snippets of you learning I'm like yes I can't wait to be on a dance floor where Jess is a DJ and you're gonna be like dressed up maybe I don't know I'm just yeah. assuming you're gonna be dressed up that's gonna be such a vibe yeah so in my spare time <laughs> I just try to cultivate as much joy as I can in my life and I get so much joy from music over the years because even in the time I've watched you I've watched you like yeah do all these skills and you keep really eloquently weaving them together under these different things like I don't know how you do it like <laughs> like anyone else would be overwhelmed but somehow you keep them all together and you just keep managing to feel your life more and more and I love it <laughs> but how did that start like where you were as a child were you super creative and that's kind of how it just kept branching or was it something that you didn't have much of and then as you grew up you had to kind of discover that side of yourself mm, that's a really good question um I think that as a child I had a really active imagination mm. like to the point where I also grew up on a farm mm. and my dad was a builder and a painter cool. and um, my mum was like very like practical and hands-on with animals and stuff mm. um, so we had like a little hobby farm in Wooten and I just remember as like a very young child before preschool I had an imaginary friend to start with who was a panda bear. And so I, like, literally, as an adult, I can vi have vivid, like, memory of seeing this panda bear and, like, wow. climbing trees with her and stuff. So I have a very vivid imagination. I always was building little cubby houses for mm. myself and my friends and my brother when my brother started being old enough to play with me <laughs> and, like, just creating games and things like that. 
and like we lived in a really beautiful like bushland so mm. I was like was obsessed with fairy movies and things like Fern Gully and stuff and oh my god so, yeah like, I just and like I don't know I low-key like think I hallucinated a little bit as a kid because mm. like I would sometimes think that I'd seen things Stuff like that. So it's very much like my creativity stems from a fifth dimension sort of mm. fantasy world that I think I've always sort of had crossing over into this world. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, you've just, especially as children, because you don't have all those, like, that's not possible barriers up yet. You're probably literally just seeing the world that is around us all the time. Like, yeah. your gating perceptions are just wide open. They were probably actually there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, who's like, to say they're not otherwise? Well, Honestly. I the first time I ever saw a water dragon. I Ooh. thought it was, a, like, a dinosaur. Yeah. Because I'd watched, like, Land Before Time and stuff like that. <laughs> and, like, I just, because I was so young, I didn't have, like, too much of a concept between what I've been watching on TV being yeah. not real and what, being in reality and it's all real it, yeah exactly <laughs> so like I just yeah I think like I had a really strong imagination when I was young and mm. I think like growing up I, I kind my parents divorced when I was seven and some of the mm. magic got it got a bit dark there for a bit yeah and I think that then like some of my imaginary worlds were like in a way escapism in in a sense to like feel better and yeah. more comfortable then into teenagehood I've always had like a little bit of a spiritual side mm. like my mom sort of raised me as like a partial atheist but then also like pagan my mum was mm. super into like tarot and stuff like that so like there's always a little bit of witchy magic in my household as well so I think that I've just sort of over the years cultivated that and Mm. developed my own art and always did art went to performing arts schools so um yeah it's definitely something I have developed over a very very long time Mm. um and that's why I think I've dabbled in so many different forms like I always had this like mantra from when like even before I finished high school of like if I don't know what I want to do, I just keep learning. Like, if I don't know what mm. I want to do for work or a career, I'll just keep doing courses and things like that until yeah. I figure it out. And I just send it. I love like, that. And I have. And yeah. I've, done, I've done so many different courses and things. And so I've got a lot, a very diverse mm. sort of range of things that I know how to do or that I've learned and been qualified for for that. So yeah. that's kind of how it's all come about and that's where alchemy of arts and the idea of the name for alchemy of arts has come Mm. from i'd love to chat about alchemy of arts and i'd like to dive into like a couple of little snippets of it like first maybe because it is so many snippets but maybe kind of broken down we'll chat about like what it is and what you're kind of aiming to do with it alchemy of arts is a performing arts agency and academy which sounds magical, sounds yeah. like Hogwarts. Or, or like arts, more creative, you yeah. might just say. So, yeah, it, Alchemy of Arts is a creative arts academy and agency. Mm. So anything from, like, a performing artist to decor to event management, even, like, event promotion. My degree is in graphic design, so it's called a Bachelor of Visual Communication Design. <laughs> Huge. Um, these days they call it creative 
industries that taught me how to sort of promote and how to design brand and things like that so I can do anything from like I could take a performer create them like do a shoot with them give them make them a business card and then like send them off into the world basically (laughs) like all of that kind of thing so you can do that but then also like um do like coordination for events and things like that so it's very broad but Mm. the way that I have it laid out on my website is like we've got the graphic design and all the promotional stuff um side of me and then you've got like all of the performing arts stuff Mm. I've also got a little art store and a body art store because part of the performance if you're going to put that under a big umbrella is also like special effects and body art and face painting and things like that um there's so many segments to it isn't there yes like so so many moving parts and I don't think I've like I haven't seen someone just manage it so calmly like you really manage it quite calmly even though you might you might probably feel very chaotic I imagine (laughs) but like like organizing so many people and costumes and looks and face paints like it's very it's always so calmly done and efficiently and like it makes you not feel stressed yeah I think I would just develop a good timeline, a strict timeline for myself to not, because if I'm not, I don't give myself enough time, I will, like, (laughs) probably a few hours before the event, if, like, I haven't gotten enough done, that's when I go into panic mode, but over the years, which, experience, it's all about experience, I've got so much experience, which is really lucky, and that's kind of why I can sort of Mm. keep calm now because you created this so alchemy of arts formed officially what year and And like a couple of years ago yeah but before that i had jessica co-creative that was in 2015 so you had like four five years yeah of doing that before you kind of and you were already kind of like managing people indirectly but now it's just under like an official kind of banner yeah more official and then before that in 2016 is when Newcastle Fire and Flow started. Yeah. And that's when I started, like, getting back into the flow arts. Yeah. And even learnt that it was called flow arts and it was a Mm. scene in America and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't big at all in Australia. Like, maybe Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah. Brisbane did a stuff. Yeah, I wasn't really even introduced to it. Yeah, until probably I'd met you. I think it was in, like, at Rabbit's. And I joined the crew and it was like everyone had like dragon staffs and fans and like poi and like all these different like fans, just all these different things. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is a whole thing. And I was dressing up and you're like, I'm just going to go perform for Opio. I I was like, what is this (laughs) world? Like, like I was just, I just didn't even know it was a whole world in itself. But as soon as you start to dive into the flow, it's huge. Yeah. I'd also have to chat about your personal performance journey because it's actually a lot to put yourself out there it's quite vulnerable you're just like here's me I'm putting myself in a costume I'm going in front of people and a lot of people that would be like their worst fear get on stage like everyone's gonna watch you dance or like everyone's gonna watch you throw this flame and like every eye is on you um like how have your what's if you'd like to share some like stories or experiences about one of your favorite experience or worst experiences with that yeah okay (laughs) 
I think, so I have definitely had a progression in growing through my performance personality mm. or whatever because you do kind of switch. A lot of people, performers, talk about switching into performance mode or yeah. things like that. It's like I have definitely had a, a few developmental stages in mm. that for myself. Yeah, run and us through your, like, performance arc. <laughs> yeah, I was always a bit of a drama queen, yeah. but, but and my mum recognised that, so bless her for recognising that, and um, Thanks, mom. she she made me audition for Broadmeadow High when I was in primary school to go That's there. That's so good. And, um, well, she didn't make me, like, she asked yeah. me before, and I was like, yes, I was like, I was like, very scared. Yeah. Um, but, like, she was like, okay, well, you're auditioning. Let's start sending you to dance school because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing anything but being dramatic. Um, but, yeah, because I love dance. I used to um, do put on shows for my grandma and my oh, family and made them all sit, give them out tickets and stuff. <laughs> like, I've, I literally was born to do this. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I know what I came to do and it's perform. <laughs> But yeah, I used to get my cousin dress her up and we'd do dances to the Spice Girls and things like that. Um, but yeah, then that's when my mum started me on like formal dancing lessons. So I did that and um, then I got in. I got into Bourbon, Ohio, like a couple of months of dance, doing some jazz hands. Um, got into Broadman, Ohio and that was just like amazing. Yeah. Um, I was super shy still though, like it was mm. quite like a shy kid around people that I didn't know like obviously like awkward teenager too like yeah found it hard to make friends and things but when I started dancing like that in a group scenario with school and performing with school I found myself going into sort of like an embryotic sack is what I can try and describe it as. <laughs> so visual, I love it. <laughs> so I create this weird little, like, I don't know, for me, like, I'm such a visual person. Yeah. But, like, I create this weird little, like, wound sack around myself. Mm. And I'm almost, like, in this, like, in my own world. But, like, externally, I'm, like, going for it. Like, you're the world is <laughs> the, the belly. Like, you're safe yeah, and you're in the womb. Yeah. Like, I can do anything in here. But I was super internal. Like, I'd be performing out with yeah, me and, like, being really, like, extravagant or whatever. Yeah. And, like, but, like, inwardly, like, I'm just super in my own world. Like, even, yeah. like, to the point where I can't really hear, like, auditory stuff. It's so interesting um, like and I just think about that because I don't really do that anymore. Like I don't yeah. go into that kind of safety bubble anymore and yeah. I remember like it was like a turning point of like I started just after school, well not even after school, that's when I got into the flow arts. I used to run like little jams at the park at Gregson Park. Mm. Um, when I was in year 11 there was little fire jams there and that's when I started doing fire mm. you know made my own fire stuff and blah 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 and um it was just cute and, <laughs> i love that you're like oh like cute jess just like reminiscing 16 17 years old with fire stuff um, running through the park these, like little like golfer caps oh all my the God. time 
Actually, my hat was another thing. Like, my costume was also, like, a way of protection as yeah. well. Is yeah, interesting. Like, protecting myself before performing. And within that mode, I started to think about visually choreography and how I looked on stage and mm. things like that and being a little bit more open when I was performing rather than, like, internal. Yeah. Because a lot of people do flow arts for an internal practice, like a meditative. Mm. meditative um, practice and that's why it's called flow art because the state of flow is like unbroken concentration Mm. so is that really like internal womb space like mindset people go into but when you're stepping out and you're like okay I'm now performing this Mm. and I'm engaging with the audience and there is an audience I'm doing it for an audience now the the sack breaks kind of thing it's kind of like your birth (laughs) your birth into the performance world and I actually love that now like I used to scare me but now I'm like the moments where I'll be performing with fire and I'm like looking into people's eyes through the fire Mm. and like showing them the fire and like almost touching the fire and things like that and it's incredible to watch too because like you can feel like the personality you're embodying like when you're doing the fire performance like in the in the like the sassy flick or like the little hip out and like then just like this yeah the straight stare into the audience it's like has that like stare at me alua like do it and then it's like <laughs> i dare you <laughs> like it's been like in a really cheeky way as yeah. well like it's, yeah yeah it's so cool to watch yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like yes yeah, like i do have a bit of a sassy character when I'm doing fire particularly yeah. and i think that's just like how fire and i get on that's me with fire it's interesting like different props bring out different Mm. like alter egos for a performer as well for me what one to bring out a softer side fans Fans? fans definitely like and even even dragon stuff in a strange way even Mm. though it does seem like a really it looks kind of masculine but the movement is so fluid and flowy and the fans are just very pretty and like light and (laughs) playful and like pixie fairy-ish I definitely could probably create which I have written down characters for each mm. prop, um, coinciding with like the attitude of the prop yeah. that I feel they can embody. But yeah, I think yeah, that's kind of been my stages of growth. But like also, as far as like peak moments for performance, like so saying. many. <laughs> it's really hard because I have to try and remember. Yeah, um, one stand I've out. Been very lucky to like do like. A couple of years of festivals mm. um and very lucky to be able to be up on stage like as you yeah. just mentioned like for opio and people like that yeah like what they, an honor these are peak moments yeah like being like on a platform in this cool amazing like space called the hive yeah That's what it was called that stage and literally being in a honeycomb <laughs> doing fire next yeah. to like this dj that loved for so long that was probably one of my peak moments i'm so glad yeah. i got to witness it <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome and i got good photos too which is like amazing as mm. well um yeah i love there was a photo you posted the other week and it was like i think it was with the dragon stuff it was with fire and you were like leaning back oh, on the ground yeah. and it was just so epic yeah. like so powerful i was like whoever took that it's like that yeah. moment <laughs> Yeah, I'm so lucky and grateful to have photographers around when I'm yeah. doing stuff um, too because 
that moment never would have been captured. That's one of my signature moves. Like I do like a full back bend on the ground and mm. I'm spinning my double staff in between my arms yeah. where they're parallel. So it kind of looks like a buzzsaw kind of effect. Just perfect moments. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I love to have all this performance can also be kind of like harnessed to spread incredible messages, which kind of weaves into your other one of your other branch offs, which is Trash Pixies, which I think is such an incredible initiative to just like motivate people to get into sustainability and get crafty with it. Yeah, I love what you do with that. So I'd love for you to chat about Trash Pixies and what it is and what it does. Yeah, cool. Thank you for bringing them up. And when you started it, because I've been going for a few years now too. Yeah, so there's two parts that motivate me for Trash Pixies. There's the origin story, which is hilarious. I think it's Um, and then there's a vision, like a dream that I had that like oh, made you... me like go, holy shit, I really need to focus on Can this Can we project. hear both? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love story time. Like... So the origin story. <laughs> um, so I'd just been at a friend's um, house for me and I was very hungry, like I'd woken up the night after a house for me and I was very hungover. Yeah. I was living with my friend Zoe at a, at the time. I came out of my bedroom and I was just like, oh my God, like I feel like I just crawled out of the garbage. <laughs> and she's like, oh, but you look all right though. You kind of look like a little trash pixie. And I was like, Thanks. Anyway. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> but I thought that was hilarious and cute and very nice of her because yeah. I did not feel like a, a cute trash pixie. You look like rubbish, but <laughs> cute rubbish? <laughs> like a cute version of Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. You know? It was just like... <laughs> um, I love it. But, yeah, and then the next party, when I told this friend that's housewarming, it wasn't like, oh, my, my housemate called me trash pixie when I was like... <laughs> The day after your party the other weekend, she was like, oh, that's hilarious. What if, like, um, what if we, because Subsonica Festival, that was really big um, mm. a few years back, was happening and we were, like, talking about costumes and dressing up. And she was like, what if we just made, like, a little, like, trash doof stick? And then, like, this idea started snowballing. It was like, what if we dressed in trash and, like, we were like, clean up your shit? Like, all this sort of stuff, like, clean up and all that. And yeah, we ended up, it just turned into a project. Yeah. So, um, and then we. We did that. We made vests and hats out of trash. We had like you a went base. to actual trash <laughs> pieces. You're like, let me show you what a real trash pixie looks like. Let's embody the trash pixie without the hangover. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with the real clear message of leave no trace, like mm. the whole principle of like matter out of place or moot um it's like a burner principle yeah just kind of really holding on to that principle and being like enforcing it in like a non-confrontational way because that was a big thing about a lot of groups that do do work educational work particularly at festivals um can be a little confronting and a little Mm. aggressive um so the whole idea for Trash Pixies was to be non-aggressive, 
more fun, more friendly, more playful with it. Mm. And also, like, kind of raising awareness and kind of bringing it to the forefront of people's minds through wearing the trash and having it on our bodies and making it obvious that it's trash we've found at events and Mm. things. Especially some of those festivals that were really getting a bad rap for a bit for the rubbish side where like people just leave their tents they use it once they leave their mattresses they just leave it like it's just disposable and they're not thinking of yeah the landfill it's making that someone is going to clean that up after which Mm -hmm. is also time and it's also just wasting resources Mm -hmm. but like they've had a great weekend and it's oh thanks mother nature for nothing like leave all your stuff here yeah yeah and they do make really cool costumes out of it too like you're like oh i want to wear trash (laughs) i'm gonna pick up stuff (laughs) yeah it's like oh treasure yeah (laughs) one man's trash is another man's treasure (laughs) like nag earrings and things yeah Yeah, like it's it's yeah it's it's becomes fun while making a point as yeah. well. So. I've picked up like nangs on the side of the road before because just thinking like, oh, I can make something of it. Like, and before I wouldn't have thought that. But then yeah. when you see people do it, yeah, it in, like it instigates in your mind, like, oh, I can be creative with people's rubbish. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a really, yeah, fun treasure hunt. It's also a little bit scary for me because you can become like one of those people who I'm like a minimalist, but I'm also a trash pixie. <laughs> so I like hoard the most random shit that I'm like this could be this and it's just like no you're like I don't want to become the landfill <laughs> and my partner's like ah oh. <laughs> what are you going today what, what do we have in the shed that's useful I don't know but if I make something out of it it'll be useful yeah so um yeah that's a thing but yeah so that's how it started Later down the track, I had this dream. It was super intense. Mm. It was like sitting, so it was like in another world or dimensional. I don't know where I was, but mm. I was not earthbound. I was sitting on kind of like a throne, what you'd envision of like being like a stone throne sort of seat. And I had, there was like a portal to the right of me, like mm. this light portal. And there was like a really long line of children who were dead, like there were ghosts of children okay, or yeah. like souls of children. But you knew they'd died. <clears throat> I'd known that they'd yeah. died because they looked sick. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and each child was coming up to me and sort of telling me how they'd died and then getting pulled into the portal. Hectic. Um, and you were sitting, you were just sitting on the throne? I was just sitting yep. there like being told and then they were getting pulled into this other dimension, I was assume. And... One child came up to me as, like, a little boy. All the kids were about nine, ten years old. Mm. And for me, like, the way that I interpreted it was that they were, like, the last generation of children of Earth. This little boy came up to me and he showed me this fish. He spewed out this fish. Mm. And it was all, like, rotten. And, like, we were both examining it. And then I chose to eat the fish and then I I woke up and for me for that Mm. the meaning of that dream for me was that like I have an opportunity to make that not be the case yeah like to try and educate the like kids Mm. and like so and like the rest of the generations but it needs to sort of start with a a younger generation Mm. to sort of break the cycle 
um, to help save them yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And I feel like kind of that part of me or whatever that was, that version of me in that dimension was like a higher self and that's what pulled me into earth kind of like your life's purpose kind of thing like I really do feel like that's what it wasn't really a dream it was more of like a vision download yeah yeah and so that made me super serious like more serious about trash pixies and that's when we started to like we turned into like a not-for-profit and got a board of directors and yeah all that kind of cool stuff and like I also then was working at Ush where I got to write programs like little afternoon activities for kids to learn about sustainability and things um, Mm. that were branded with the trash pixies and things like that and sort of work in that realm rather than in the festival realm which is fun and awesome but also like do actual like proper education stuff yeah so yeah there's like many different limbs of that of trash Mm. pixies as well but, um, yeah, that kind of has gotten me a little bit more serious about it and yeah. um, into, like, doing, like, little days, like, clean-up days and helping mm. with the take three for the sea yeah. stuff. So, yeah, and even had that. And, like, how they have – you have workshops, too, um, for, like, the sewing days, like, re-fix yeah. your clothes and, like, craft noons and, like, do different events like that. Yeah, Under yeah. the Trash Pixies umbrella, which, like, reaches different people. I think it's yeah. nice. Do you have awesome. any visions for that for the future? Inklings at the moment where you'd like Trash Pixies to go or kind of, like, even if it's a bit far-fetched, like, what your ultimate kind of, like, what's the ultimate thing at – the moment that you could foresee doing with it. I mean, like, this pretty solid vision of a book or a TV series or something mm. like that. So it will kind of be, like, High Five meets Dirt Girl or something like yeah. that, where they all are, like, every trash pixie has its little thing and mm. they educate on different matters and then it could either be like a book series or a, t- or a tv series or both like yeah that is probably the most helpful it could be mm. like like to reach so many more people and things like that so i think that'd that be so be cool. Really cool yeah <laughs> it would just be cute. and um yeah i think that would be good and like also like i've I've always, before Trash Pixies was a thing, I always had in my mind that I'd, like, travel the world and end up writing a book in my older years mm. about how to live sustainably, yeah. like, in an urban, in, like, a Western urban setting. Because there's so many small cultures and tribes and that have lived with the earth for so long. Yeah. As we know, Indigenous Australia, one of the oldest cultures in the world still living that know how to live without hurting or damaging Mm. or taking too much and just to be able to sort of bring that knowledge into like bite-sized sort of I don't know digestible um, implementable practical kind of education Mm. would be really good Mm. to try and do so there's a lot of work but it's definitely not something I wouldn't take on board for myself like just me to do like it would be team um, doing that so yeah yeah which I feel like Trash Pixies is like it's definitely a a team yeah organized effort yeah there's lots of different moving parts you know which is really cool yeah do you have any like crafty ideas or any cute little things people can start with for like sustainable art or sustainable craft? Uh, 
Save your jars. Yeah. Save your jars. And I've got so many <laughs> jars you can see in this room right now that are just like full of pens or like... Yeah, we love jars. <laughs> water for paintbrushes. Um, like just you can put food in them. Like just really good mm. like vessels for holding things. What else do I like to do that's like... Just like mend your clothes, like yeah. get a little basic sewing kit and mend the holes in your clothes. It's actually quite relaxing to sit down and like it is, mend hey. something and then you can use it again. Don't have yep. to throw away. <laughs> Try to like do fast, um, slow fashion stuff. So like, yeah, I, yeah. So repair as much as you mm. can. Do clothes swaps, like they're fun things to get friends yeah, together. I love clothes swaps like with friends. Like it's so nice. It's so easy and like it's like genuinely clothes like you're like, okay, I've had my wear that don't suit me anymore, but they're so nice still. Yeah. And then like your friends' clothes are also so nice, but everyone's like kind of sick of their own clothes. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense. Just swap yeah. them around. You can alter them a bit. You can yeah. chip and chop them and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's I love probably that. Like the main few things that I do very regularly obviously having like one of the really good ones is trying to set up a really solid um waste management system in your Mm. own house and becoming more conscious of what you're buying um how much packaging how much waste is going to produce and if you can recycle that packaging and waste and if you're going to actually do it like soft plastics you can recycle them at like coals and woolies yeah um but do you really want to be still buying stuff that has is packaged in a lot of soft plastics Mm. because a lot of it there's just so much of it that it's they're inundated with having to like recycle it and they end up just going to landfill anyway yeah um it's nuts when you go into it like into the shops and you just like you really look at the shops and you walk in and then a, a quarter of the shop is fresh fruit veggies meat and fish like they're generally kind of unpackaged well meat probably packaged yeah but then like the other three quarter of the shop is just aisles of packaged stuff and like when you really look at like this is crazy like from going from i guess hunt and gatherer roots or still growing roots like like a lot of indigenous cultures still grew where they were and like helped cultivate the land but like yeah to go from that extreme over so many years to what we are now yeah. it's just mind-boggling yeah and also it's if you've so ever, weird if you've ever gone to like the big supermarket brands and tried to just buy glass or cardboard mm. like no soft plastics it is really hard to buy basic things like yeah without doing that yeah it's actually quite depressing sometimes <laughs> so go to the farmer's market yeah because <laughs> none of that is really packaged and yeah that's that's yeah. good yeah usually refill at farmer's markets yeah you can well. yeah or like bulk food stores too yeah but like not everyone can do that no it's, it's cost it's a cost thing too conscious yeah. of it too well do you have any i guess before you wrap up yeah do you have any I don't have visions for trash pixies. Do you have visions for yourself, for your with what anything that we haven't covered? I'm not sure. I have one. <laughs> one vision. <laughs> just one. Just one. Just a tiny one and fit on a teaspoon. Um, <laughs> one inkling of a vision. <laughs> so I did um, mention uh, it briefly before, yeah. um, but 
my friend Mitchell and I have started a project called Higher Ground. Oh, yeah. It's a base and arts event um, based in Newcastle. It's like my little baby passion project at the moment. I'm absolutely in love with, like, the way it's all coming together and mm. being able to, like, you know, get that cauldron out. Yeah. And sprinkle parts of my friends and networks <laughs> in there and mix it all together and... Yeah, our first one was so good, and um, we've got another one coming up on the 30th of July um, oh, cool. at the Croatian Sport- Sports Club. So, yeah, if you can mm. make it to that, come along, because... Um, it's an amazing yeah. night. Like, I had so much fun. I just... I don't go out at night now, and I was actually like... I was like, I'm going because it's just as event, like, and, like, all the friends will be there, but I was like, before I was going out, I was, like, getting ready, and I was like, why am I going out? Like, why did I say I was going? Like, I'm like, because I just never... I just not a night person and I was going out and then I'm like after that I was like I am so glad I didn't listen to my little like go back to bed voice <laughs> and came out because it was so much fun and the music was so good and it was just it was an amazing night I can't wait for the second one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we do yeah it's just like a bit of everything that both Mitch and I love and yeah um, are really passionate about and are really good at so where one um isn't as strong the other one is so we complement each other really well with putting together yeah. the event so um yeah it's yeah. i just can't wait to recreate that and yeah. it's going to be winter themed so we have a little bit a little bit of a Yay. snow theme going on so it be... i can't wait yeah so yeah oh. that's it check yeah. that out <laughs> yeah and where is where would you like people to find all of the things i'll oh. do like i'll maybe i'll just link them i'll link them all on the thing you can link them the main ones to watch would probably be alchemy of arts on facebook and on instagram yeah and um if you want if you're interested in the music events at higher ground events on facebook yeah and on instagram yeah and yeah. then Fire and Flow and Trash Pixies, and I'll tag all of them yep, as well. Yeah, Fire and Flow, <laughs> Trash Pixie Collective. Yeah, but they all do have, in my Instagram, they all have links to those. Yeah. So you can, if you find Alchemy of Arts, you'll find links to the, the rest. you find all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> find one. Yeah. <laughs> find it's one to find friends. them all. <laughs> Come into my candy house. Come in. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting about you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was really nice to have the opportunity to be able to like talk about all the things. Yeah, have a little cup of tea because it's so important. Like everyone's just we're so busy now, so it's nice to get to see you <laughs> have a little cup of tea and then flitter off, and I'll probably see you at the month yeah. of your next gathering. Yeah. <laughs> Like a yeah. butterfly. Yeah. Thank no. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 18 of Making Magic Real. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Jess and that you have a splendid week. Wishing you all the love and all the hugs. Julia J.